everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast, so we'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk all about it. Just a quick reminder for those of you who haven't seen Felicity all the way through before, we may talk about some things in this episode that come up in future episodes of Felicity because this is not a spoiler-free podcast. So just beware of that. Still a fun podcast to listen to though, but just know what you're in for. So I'm Melissa and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today? I'm good today. It is a Sunday, just relaxing and talking about Felicity. Excellent. Sunday for us. Who knows what day it is for you, but that's, that's what the conditions are here as we're recording. Today, we're going to talk about season one, episode four of Felicity, which was called Boggled. And this one aired on October 20th, 1998. It was directed by Todd Holland. And this time there was a writing team for it. It was J.J. Abrams, but also Mimi Schmier. And the episode description of this one is, after Noel acts on his feelings for Felicity and kisses her during a game of Boggle, the two decide to go on a maybe date to discuss the future of their relationship. Julie befriends an aspiring filmmaker. So that's what they gave us to describe this episode. And I'm going to turn this one over to you, Fish. Where do you want to start? Normally, I'd start with something that is a theme, something that I thought ran through the whole episode, but really, let's just get down to it and talk about that kiss. Uh-huh. The kiss heard around at least New York. At least. I mean, we don't know who else Megan is talking to. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's true. But for two extremely awkward people, is it just me or was that the best first kiss ever? Um, no, I don't think it was. <laughs> That's I good. feel like differing opinions. I feel like, okay, there are going to be some people who hate me for saying this. Maybe I'm not coming for you, Noel Stanners. <laughs> but what I do want to say is I feel like there's an underlying hungriness, hunger that Noel has for Felicity. And when he kisses her, Noel kisses her like he's trying to eat her in an actual like food eating kind of way. So for me, it's, it actually isn't as sexy to see them together. It's like, this man needs her, you know, like in, in a, in a way that is just on a different level. And I kind of feel that in this kiss too, but it sounds like you did not feel that. I did not feel like he was trying to eat her. I actually thought that he was very gentle and went in. I mean, he was, he's attracted to her, obviously, and she doesn't push him away immediately. It goes on for a while. And, you know, I just think back to first kisses with people that I have been dating, and it, it was a really good kiss. I mean, it was good enough to confuse Felicity and get her mind off of Ben for half a second. Mm-hmm. No question about that. She was confused. She was feverish at the start of this episode. She's talking breathlessly to Sally on her tape. She didn't know which way was up after the kiss, but we have different thoughts about this first kiss. And I figure this is Felicity's first kiss in general. 
I guess we don't know that for sure, but I have like, who else did she date? So I am presuming she's new in this arena. Noel obviously is not, but I don't know to go from they're sitting up playing boggle to they're lying on the ground immediately. (laughs) I'm not sure that that strikes me as gentle. So I'm going to compare this to my first kiss and I was considerably younger, fair, And it was at summer camp and we had a a summer camp dance. And this guy took me out on, there was sort of a wooden patio porch area outside of a camp house building where people were dancing. And he proceeded to just stick his tongue all the way down my throat. Uh And it was very uncomfortable and not something that I enjoyed at all. So at least in comparison, I thought this looked pretty good. I think Felicity did very well on her first kiss, if that's what this was. Yeah. I mean, I guess you your bar is set in a different place. That <laughs> mine might be. I don't know. I think my my first kiss was not quite as aggressive as this one seemed to be to me. You know, I think sometimes when you go on a date, there's a natural opportunity to have a short sort of non-committal first kiss. And then, you know, there's the opportunity to take it back to another location. And I think that non-committal one, you know, where it's like, well, we're here, we're standing next to this car or whatever. It can be something that is is just a moment and not like a really extended moment and can have a, a vibe to it. And this felt like something that could have escalated very quickly, if not for Megan walking into the room, for better or for worse, just in dismay and sort of shock (laughs) and staring at Felicity and Noel and being like, I don't care what you do, (laughs) do whatever you want to do. She didn't know what to make of them. I don't feel like that was dismay at all. I think that although she was giving Felicity a compliment, it did sound a bit like a threat, but that's just the way Megan seems to speak. But she said fairly aggressively, you went up like a notch. She's got some respect, even though kind of wasn't Felicity's idea. Yeah. You know, I thought it, this was an interesting episode for me in the, in the Megan and Felicity relationship, because we haven't gotten a lot of screen time with Megan in previous episodes, but I will say the little bits we've seen from her in the past have been impactful. You know who she is straight away just by five seconds of dialogue that she might've been given or just walking into or out of a room. But this one, they gave her more to do. And I loved it because you can see immediately that Megan and Felicity are on different planes of how they communicate. There is no shared experience in terms of how they are with people or you know, how they look at the world. So I think they're going to have some work to do over this freshman year of college to figure out how to have a conversation that means the same thing. (laughs) But Megan is saying, you know, I told everybody about it because I'm so proud of you. And she's like, well, I don't want you telling people about my business. It's not even your business. And they both really mean those things. You know, I, I truly believe that Megan was proud of Felicity and expressing it in a way that Felicity would hate. Yeah, Megan does a couple of things in this episode because after she puts her underwear in Felicity's fridge, which is awesome, and eats her apple and replaces it with not quite real butter, she says that she's not going to talk about it anymore. 
And then as soon as Noel comes back in and asks where Felicity is, Megan just rolls over and tells him all over again everything about her. So I don't think Megan really cares that much. Mm-hmm. She walked in, she saw this happening, and she was like, huh, you know, maybe this boring, ugly, swear- sweater-wearing girl actually has something I'd be interested in. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, so maybe. I, f- I feel like maybe, yeah, I feel like she's not fully on board with Felicity and she's but still going to do whatever the, she wants. Felicity got her attention a little bit, though. A little bit. And um, I think it's worth stopping so, down on the the apple versus I can't believe it's not butter bit because that was that was fun. <laughs> I mean, first of all, OK, the fridge lotteries don't happen at schools. No school is going to a lot like they're not going to pay for students to have fridges, any number of them, I would think. Right. I, it didn't happen at our school, I don't think. Not that I know of. Yeah. But that happened at this school, University of New York. They're making it up as they go. <laughs> so they have this fridge lottery and Felicity gets a fridge and, you know, Megan decides, oh, we have some sort of a, an agreement on sharing things, even though they clearly have never spoken. <laughs> and they definitely don't operate that way. And Megan takes it upon herself. Like you said, you know, the underwear in the fridge and the eating of the apple and the replacing it with the I can't believe it's not butter and the fully believing that all of that is okay. Or not caring. But I'd like to put a little plug in here. Last time we talked about the spoon of responsibility. Oh, yes. And now we have the fridge of independence. So her room is starting to, I've noticed this, her room's starting to come together. So we've got new things. We've got a fridge. We've got a traveling trunk. She's got a chair at this point (laughs) that was not there earlier. So she's starting to build her life. It's not as fully integrated into the room as Megan's side, but she's, she's getting there. Yeah. Although to be fair, the fridge of, of, uh, of independence lasted a minute because she gave it to Elena. So, you know, easy come, easy go, you know, as quickly as she got the fridge, the fridge was gone. But that was a decision, you know, she gave it away and Elena said she could come and use it anytime she wanted. So she didn't so much lose the fridge of independence as relocate it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm still giving her a win on that one. But the fridge took on a new symbolism when it changed hands, because what we know it to be as the you know symbol of independence, the fridge of independence, when it was under Felicity's possession, it was labeled a pity fridge when given to Elena. So I don't want your pity fridge. Felicity's Felicity like, was, it's not a damn pity fridge. Exactly. It's a of independence. She was very, you know, Felicity was very clear that this was a fridge of independence given to Elena in a moment of anger and mutual frustration at Noel having a significant other. Mm. Let's talk about that, shall we? Yes. I feel like I want to incorporate the kiss into this because I I felt like there was generally a theme throughout this episode of people being really confused or, in other words, boggled. Also, love the game, boggle. So the kiss, I think, occurs, and Noel says this, it occurs because he's confused. He doesn't know what's going on in his mind. He's missing his girlfriend. So he's confused and he kisses Felicity 
and then retreats back to Hannah because we see him at the end talking to her. And Felicity is confused by this kiss and she retreats and goes back to stalking Ben. Mm-hmm. Or as she puts it, watching quietly from the stands mm-hmm. where he doesn't see her. I also feel like even though it's not highlighted as much in this episode, Ben is going through some stuff too. And he does have some confusion around Julie, although she is straightening that out. But he's also not getting the classes that he wanted. And he's stuck with this acting class where he has to show everyone his keys. And so he retreats to track. So it's like people are starting to retreat back to their former selves. Even Julie herself, she's confused because she likes Ben, but she doesn't want to have a relationship with him. So she has that awkward, let's be friends and not ruin our friendship talk. And then she retreats into a people-pleasing relationship with the pink guy, otherwise known as Zach. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we see that evolve throughout the episode. It's interesting that you put it this way because I, I saw a different theme here and it might contradict yours a little bit because I, I see people being put into new situations. You know, they're in a new place. They're still getting adjusted for their freshman year. You know, for Noel, it's his first time being a resident advisor, but it's not as new for him, but there are people being put into these new situations and they're making potentially some new choices in the process of how they want to handle things. So as much as you're saying they're retreating into the version of themselves, they were, I can see some examples of that in this episode, but I see also some new choices. Like for example, with Julie, Felicity is at an impasse and she meets it head on the way we've seen her do. It's still a little awkward in that process, but in contrast, Felicity avoids Noel. And I don't know that we've seen her be avoidant that much in this series. We've seen her be uh, absurdly meeting head things head on, I would say. And for the first time, we're seeing her go, I don't know what to do with this. I'm going to avoid him for however long until I've got my story straight or figured out what I'm looking for here. So I saw it there. I see with Felicity watching Ben, there's a whole theme there for me around Ben's becoming human in this show. He always was human, but he wasn't human to Felicity. He was this symbol of something for Felicity. He was, you know, mythic almost in how she was looking at him. And now he did, like you said, he didn't get the class that he wanted. We don't really know what's happening with that. He really wanted to be on the track team. He's failed and he's dealing with disappointment. And in terms of his pursuits, I don't know that he's had to deal with disappointment very often. You know, he was voted most popular in high school. He was obviously really good at sports. He, you know, obviously his home life was tricky and difficult. But in terms of how his schoolmates saw him, he was excelling in the things that he did. And now he's not. Now he's a smaller fish in a bigger pond and he doesn't know what to do with that. And Felicity, I think you can see at the end of this episode, she's having to sort of say, this guy is a guy. Maybe I should have a little compassion for him in this moment. She She sits next to him on the stairs at the end. She knows he's lying about not having even tried out for the track team. And she's not meeting that head on either. She's letting him have a little bit of space with it. 
and letting him keep his secret. So these are some new behaviors that I'm seeing from people on the back of having to meet decisions differently. And I do want to also mention the Julie and Ben dynamic, because you may see that as her retreating back into who she was, but I see this as her making a different choice. She says to Felicity at one point, you know, my way of managing this is that I just date them all and let them break up with me. And if she were doing what she would normally do, she'd go on dates with Ben until he was ready to break up with her. Like she's apparently done with a bunch of other people. And that would be that, but she's making a new decision here. She's decided that Ben's going to be around, you know, I'm not going to be able to avoid him if I break up with him later, or she's deciding that he's important to her in a different way than people that she's dated in the past have been. And so she's saying, I don't want that pattern to happen with this guy. And she's making a new choice to see where that goes. So I don't know, like the confusion bit, I totally see that. And whether that means they're making choices that revert back to the original form or brand new ones, I guess is up for debate. Yeah, I guess I saw people being confused throughout the episode and then were left with this nice snapshot of where everyone is at the end during Sally's letter to Felicity. And so we see where people end up with these different situations, how they've resolved their confusion or not. I also loved the track scene at the end. First, can we just say that Ben's choice of outfits in this (laughs) episode were not good? Running shorts, I'm sorry, they just don't look good on anyone. And even compared to the other people running track, I mean, what? What was that outfit? Mm-hmm. It was kind of like if a singlet to... for wrestling, but also with shorts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It was not attractive. And maybe that's Felicity seeing him in another light. But at the end of that scene, you just see how crushed he is. And you also get to see another one of these side shots where you've got Felicity to one side and you've got Noel to the other. And you just watch him watching her, watching Ben. He gets it. To me, at least, that pushes him back towards Hannah as we see that final scene panning over. We've got Zach and Julie who were watching a movie together, and I feel like she was resolving the Ben issue before they started dating Mm -hmm. so that it wouldn't end up being an issue between her and Felicity and also she can keep this relationship with Ben, which might be a new dynamic, but she can keep that relationship on a friendship level. And so she's moving on to someone else, but she is very much engaging in people pleasing around Zach. And I do wanna talk a little bit about that in the future. Elena, she's studying and she's using her new fridge. Uh Her pity fridge. Yeah, a mini fridge, uh, the fridge of independence. Okay. Or pity. Ben is mourning his loss of track at the track. And Noel's, as we said, he's on the phone with Hannah. It's very interesting that Felicity walks up to Ben and he does lie about track and he seems to just want to be alone. And he goes and he wanders around the track and, and he's mourning that loss. Felicity, on the other hand, seems like she is still confused at the end of this episode. There are time jumps going forward and backward throughout the episode. 
And a couple of times we see Felicity just walking aimlessly about the city. And at the end, you see where that walk starts. Ben leaves her alone and confused and wandering the streets. It doesn't seem like she really knows what's going on at the end of this. Everyone else took a step forward, is moving on with whatever they were thinking about, but not Felicity. Felicity has become a street wanderer. And I think that has a bit to do with this notion that these two guys that have been important in her life at college so far, she's realizing that she, she doesn't understand those relationships. She doesn't, not the relationship. She doesn't really understand the people, you know, she's getting new information about Noel that's making her revisit pretty much everything she knows about where they've gotten to this point. And this idea that Ben is fallible is probably rocking her to her core because throughout high school, she built up an idea of him because she didn't really have a lot of actual interaction with him. It was the idea of him that she was fascinated by. And now she's seeing the the real person within the idea. And she has to come to grips with all this new information that she's getting. And something that I see from her in this episode is, and I've been seeing it happen over the last couple of episodes, it feels like she's slowing down a little bit. You know, she started out at the top of this episode talking kind of feverishly, but there are these moments, especially watching Ben at the track, where you just see her kind of sink into reflection. And I think she needs to get there because this all action, all instinct thing that she was doing can't last forever. And it's not going to make the best decisions. You know, she's not going to make the best decisions from that place. So to be able to sink into a moment of like, what is it that I'm looking at right now may help her make more mature decisions, at least regarding these two men. I can see that. I hope for her sake it's true. I did actually really enjoy how her confusion was affecting her motor skills early <laughs> on. I actually thought that was pretty charming. Yeah. One thing that I did like with her, I do see some maturity in how she's handling the situation with Julie. Because I was wondering, as I saw those two meeting up again in the laundry room, you know, this is right after they basically had that blow up at the party. That's the last time we saw them together. And then here they are awkwardly in the laundry room. And that's an awkward moment. If you ever had a moment like that, somebody has to break the ice somehow, or you're just going to be in that state. And Felicity finds a way to meet that situation head on. You know, I don't know how exactly genuine she was about being able to let go of the Ben stuff, but she jumps in with a a mood lightener, talking about dryer sheets, and then she jumps right into an apology and she seems sincere about it. And she's trying to get through this impasse that she says she has with Julie. And I, I did like that. I think it gave Julie some freedom to express how she felt. And I think Julie still got a little bit of resentment there because to me, the way that she handled that situation, that conversation with Felicity was a little rough. It was a little bit like, you know what? I am just going to do what I want to do. And I think she meant well by it, but it came out with a little bit more tension than maybe she meant it to. And I, I see that in a couple of places. I know that, you know, in the past, you fish have talked about Julie's empathy. And I think there are a couple of times in this episode where that kind of goes out the window a little bit in this conversation 
and a lot in her feedback that she gave to Zach when she's watching his film. But then she kind of finds it again when she's talking to Ben. So I thought Julie was kind of interesting in this episode because she's sort of on the fritz also here. <laughs> like, I don't know. She's, you can see the little sparks flying out. She doesn't know what to do with herself. So it's coming out a little differently with each person, but hopefully she'll normalize as well. Yeah, I guess I both agree and disagree on that. I agree that she, she was snappy when Felicity you know, came up to her and talked about the situation with Ben. She does have some resentment there. She says she's going to do what she wants, but does she? Mm. Because what she actually does is tell Ben she just wants to be friends after she spent the whole previous episode saying that she actually wanted to get together with him. So I feel like she reflected on that moment with Felicity and thought, I'd rather keep my friendship with mm. Felicity and not go out on a limb with this guy who really could be something special. And I keep going back and forth on Ben and Noel in different ways, although I am going to keep to... Noel is not coming off as the greatest guy in this episode. And Ben is. He seems to be a legitimate good guy. But I think we have to look at this through the lens of basically gender roles from the 90s, because oh. I do think they are very different from today. So when we're looking at a scene like The Kiss with Noel, he doesn't ask there, there is no consent there. And, you know, when they're having the dinner together, he is manipulative. He gets defensive. He says, you know, I've been a good friend to you. I got you the fridge. Even when he's asking her to go to this dinner, he says there are no options. I mean, he is coming on strong in today's world, I would yeah. say. Yeah. But in, in the 90s and looking at it from someone who went to high school in the 90s, that actually it just wouldn't have been expected mm -hmm. that say you asked for consent or something like that. And then when you compare that to Ben, you know, there's such a, a big difference between the kiss with Noel and Ben putting his hand yeah. on Felicity's shoulder. That was the hand on the shoulder heard around the New York. <laughs> well, apparently not because Megan didn't see it. Yeah, I guess um, not. Yeah. But isn't that interesting though? Like you can see the, I don't know if confusion was the word there, but you can see that he really got Felicity's attention by just a simple touch on the shoulder. And in a way, I think, you know, almost equally so to Ben, to Noel kissing her. Like, I think both of those guys, very different approaches, very different levels of invasiveness. And yet I would argue that the hand on the shoulder from Ben also got her attention in a big way, but probably didn't mean the same thing to Ben than it did to her. Uh, you know, and good. that kiss between Noel and Felicity, did the kiss mean the same thing to Felicity as it meant to Noel? I guess there's a, not all of this is equally felt, but yeah, those gestures were significant to me. I mean, there is a huge difference in my experience with someone that you like or have a crush on and they give you some attention or they put their hand on you and it gives you a completely different feeling than if you are surprised by a kiss and you get into it. Mm -hmm. Those are just two very different feelings. So I can understand, especially if that was her first kiss, her being really, really confused at this point. But I'm kind of looking at this from the perspective of 
what does a good guy look like in the 90s? Mm. And, you know, Noel does come back around and admit that he has a girlfriend. He tries to have a conversation with Felicity who flips out and makes a scene, which we should have expected because yeah. <laughs> that's what she does. That was brilliant. They were in, by the way, a restaurant that no college student should be able to afford. Where were they? That was a beautiful location, but it was, you know, they had a view of the city. It was like a rooftop dining room. <laughs> it looked like all the people around them were business people and well-established couples. And then these two. Well, and for the record, they kind of look like they were on a business interview themselves. Yes. <laughs> Felicity with her, her button-down shirt and... You know, she had the 90s lipstick and makeup going on. Uh, There was a whole time in the 90s where we only wore dark purple lipstick for some reason. I can't explain why, but it just was. Yeah, they did not look like they were on a date at all. And they're set up for this date, this maybe date. Also very formal. It was like, okay, we're going to do this. Okay, all right. (laughs) It was like very sort of forceful agreement. And I will say, you know, to a couple of the things that you had said earlier, there are some things that Noel says sometimes that to me are awkward humor to back out of a scenario. Like when he said no options, that was meant, I think, from him to be light. And she was like, no options. Yeah. Like she, she like took it in a, in a way that I think matched the energy, but at the end of the day, he really meant, well, there's an option here. Like you could potentially not be available. (laughs) So I give him a pass for stuff like that, but where I don't give him a pass, I guess where you draw the line with him here is probably a different place for each person. If he has an open relationship with Hannah, then an open relationship is an open relationship, but he wasn't honest with Felicity about it. And Felicity would have deserved that honesty. So him having a girlfriend, if it's an open relationship and the terms are such that he could date other people. Okay. That's a thing that people do. And yet you want to be honest with the other person you're dating, which he was not. So I think for me, that seems a more definitive line. And when he said, I also made a note about him saying, I've been a really good friend to you. I gave you that fridge. I've been there. I've been listening. That was for me, not okay. She doesn't owe him for these things. She does not owe him a date. She does not owe him a kiss. And she doesn't owe him absolution from his sins because <laughs> he was a good friend to her. So I think to me, that really uh, struck me as a manipulative thing to say. I don't know that he means these things to be manipulative, but nowadays as a real person, you know, in her thirties, looking back at the world, I know that that kind of thing is a red flag. So I heard it more when Noel said it this time. It is definitely a complex thing with Noel right now. You even said at the start of this podcast that you were, you know, in the Ben versus Noel debate, you were more on the Noel side. And I would say I was more on the Ben side, but I also felt like Noel was the good guy in a way, in in, in a different way. And that is not what the setup has been so far when I really unpack it. Yeah. And I'm glad that you talked about what is owed because I wrote that down too. That is just something that probably is still true today. I'm not sure in the high school and college world of dating, but coming up through the nineties and the early two thousands, 
as a woman, you had to be very careful with what you accepted in terms of paying for dates, in terms of fridges, apparently, because there was a sense that if someone was going to pay money for you, that you owe them something in terms of a sexual favor. And Noel is kind of calling in his shits here. And that does just does not seem like a good move on his part. I don't give him a pass for the no options comment. And I also don't give him a pass in the the earlier episode where he said that he was on a, a power trip because while I think he was trying to back out of situations and he was awkward about it, those are not funny jokes to make. So I actually give him much more of a pass when he's trying to apologize to Felicity. Mm -hmm. He got caught up in a moment. He kissed her. She said no, and he backed off. And then he wanted to talk to her about it. And unlike Zach, who comes to the door after he has snapped at Julie and makes a bunch of excuses and never apologizes, Noel apologizes. He sits down with Felicity multiple times. He explains what's going on. He brings a picture of his girlfriend. He is honest and says, we have an open relationship and I love her. He's already said that he had feelings for Felicity. So she, I'm guessing, doesn't really understand what an open relationship is. Mm -hmm. And she is very upset by this because she started to have some feelings for him. So I understand her reaction, but I'm giving him more of a pass. If you get wrapped up in a moment, but you stop and you communicate, then these little outbursts that he has that seem to come from a reaction that he has to her that seem controlling. And I'm, I'm not a fan of those. And I find Ben to be the polar opposite. He's laid back, easygoing, even when Julie says, I want to be friends. He's not crying. He's not freaking out. He's not dropping window shades. It's okay. It's not the end of the world if every girl doesn't like him. And he is more comfortable with just reaching out and putting a hand on someone. That shoulder scene, I'm sure, that sparks all over Felicity. But he was just reaching out and giving her shoulder a squeeze, which is just a very friendly thing to do. And it depends on who you are as how you take that, how comfortable you are with other people doing it. He has sat close to her in the past and she hasn't objected. So it seemed to me like he had gotten the sense over time that that would be a green light thing to do. So I don't know, I'm feeling better about him. And as I'm feeling better about him being the good guy, I'm also seeing him become less attractive in his outfits. <laughs> and Noel becoming more attractive in his outfits. And so I am not enjoying exactly where this is going in terms of the two of them. Well, I hate oh. to tell you this, but she's going to be, Ben's going to be kind of sporty <laughs> as we were forward. No. Look, I don't mind sporty. I love sporty, but running shorts yeah. with that, I don't even know what to call them. I mean, he basically had on giant straps that went down over past his nipples. I mean, that's not okay. <laughs> so are it's you saying you not. liked what he was wearing? No, <laughs> I'm <am> not <laughs> saying that. I just want to be very sure that everyone knows that I did not enjoy that up either. I'm noticing that a lot of your rants have to do with clothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
they're just um, little things that get to me. But it goes to a, what I think it was a 90s mentality, you know, in this idea of gender roles and what is a good guy. And then you put the fashion in it. And I don't like that Noel is becoming more attractive as he is becoming less of a good guy. Hmm. I think he can recover from this. And I'm pretty sure we will eventually find that he has recovered from it. That is why there has been versus an old debate is why you were more partial to him when we started this podcast. And storylines are going to be more weighted in one way or the other at various seasons or various points in a season. So I think we're meant to see the development of these characters and the development of their experience in college. And, you know, this is going to happen where, you know, we're not saying we're against Noel. We're saying Noel is showing some behaviors that we don't love. At the moment, yes. At this moment. Now, I I wanted to circle back to Zach because we did get introduced to him in this episode. You made a few comments about him. He is going to be affectionately affectionately known as the pink guy. He uh, made the, I guess, classic mistake of putting one red item in with a bunch of white clothes and in the laundry room. And now his clothing is pink. Although I, I did enjoy at the end when we got that montage with the with the music you know it's not just straight up pink it's you know he's really like his collar is like really red on one side and it's splotchy and he's he's just a mess and for me I have personally managed this situation by not owning white clothes that way you put everything into the laundry and it's just easy boom you're done you don't need to worry about separating things. And it also, I have found, keeps the laundry costs down if you're if you're using coin-operated laundry. So a note to Zach, this could be one other potential avenue for you in the future. Just have fewer white articles of clothing. Or, I mean, going the other way, he could have all white items of clothing. Mm-hmm. In which case... Be, yeah, the white guy, which I guess is weird, huh? Yeah, a little weird. Yeah, I also avoided that. I avoided it by learning how to do my laundry at age 10, which is when my parents had each of us learn how to do our laundry. So I had done quite a bit of laundry by the time I got to school. And also, I didn't love the fact that the two girls in the scene knew how to do laundry and the one hopeless guy didn't. Mm -hmm. Again, a very 90s gender role moment. You got Felicity there with her fancy dryer sheets versus Julie's softener. And then you've got some guy who doesn't understand how hot water and colors work. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a good point. Unfortunate. And I, you know, it made it makes me think about my experience freshman year of college. You really do see some people who are more equipped to operate even just these minor chores or anything as an adult and and other people who have had things done for them more were more sheltered. I I would say that I, I was one of the people who had had fewer of these experiences and I was looking around me like, Oh, all these kids know how to do the stuff. I don't know how to do. And I felt for me, I actually, it made me want to raise my bar. It made me want to like really quickly get up to speed because I saw that I was not in my definition of it capable of, living alone. And I wanted to really quickly master some skill sets that got me there. And it was interesting to see the people who had those things and the people who didn't and how you tackle trying to get to a place where you can function independently. I thought it was sort of fun to see that represented here in a way as small as laundry, but I saw that in so many ways when we were in school. Yeah. I taught both of guys and girls who who did not know how to do their laundry. But something that I thought was interesting, so we had a kitchen on our hall, Mm -hmm. 
but not in our rooms. So another thing that I noticed is some of us knew how to cook and some of us didn't, but we were not set up to cook regularly in your room. You know, we didn't have studio apartments. We had, you know, an eight by 10 room that two people had to share, but you would see, even though we had dining halls and things like that, various people at times. And when I say people, these were all all women in the cases that I saw would go in and cook. And I fully admit that I went (laughs) down into the kitchen and I was dating someone my sophomore year and I baked him a birthday cake in this absolutely horrible oven. And (laughs) it was all lopsided and it was really unfortunate, but I did make him a chocolate cake Mm -hmm. with vanilla frosting and jam in the middle. And then with vanilla frosting and little raspberries in concentric circles around the top and then took it over to his dorm, which in hindsight, yeah, that's a stereotypical gender role kind of thing to do. And it may not, it may not be something that I would do today. But I don't know, it was kind of expected. I mean, he was captain of, you know, his sport and the roles were just a little different back then. I was thinking about the kitchen too. We had a, you know, if I think back freshman year, we had a kitchen in our dorm, but like you said, not in the rooms. And there were people who would use it. Yeah, it was, I don't know if I would say it was more women. I I feel like there were also, um, we had a couple people on our floor that were a little bit older and those were men and they were the ones who tended to cook in the kitchen more elaborately it, to whatever extent you could do that. And then when I think of the, the other people I saw in there, one was always in there cooking ramen. So that is yeah, what that it does is. not count. That does not count, but it, but it did to me. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember we had, we had uh, my friend on our floor. I won't name her, but she'll know who she is. She got into this kick. She would get kind of like obsessive about certain things. And she got into this kick where she was like, I want to make banana bread. But she, she was a little obsessed about things. So she <laughs> didn't make one banana bread. She made like 50 banana breads over the course of a semester or maybe more. And she, it was so funny because she would just make a lot of banana bread. And she got to a point where she was so on autopilot that every now and then she'd forget an ingredient and she'd be like, Oh, I forgot this one this time, but it's fine. (laughs) And she would just let us all eat the banana bread. And the only time that it didn't work out was when she forgot an egg. It was like banana bread crumbs. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be some dry, dry banana bread. It was so funny. But yeah, so there was her and then there were a few other people who sometimes used the kitchen when she wasn't in there making banana bread. Uh, It was so great. That was a tasty year. (laughs) If you liked banana bread, you were in luck. (laughs) Yeah, not that many people used it for us. Um, Some people, one girl in particular that was... I want to say vegan. She would cook there a lot, but everyone else pretty much didn't go in there because we we had some great options for dining. So I think that was nice. But I did want to talk a little bit more about Elena Mm -hmm. since we see her more in this episode. And it kind of goes across these themes that, that I noticed. So first of all, Megan is creating all kinds of confusion with Elena and between Elena and Felicity about the Noel situation. And that gets resolved at the end with the transfer of the refrigerator of independence. Slash pity. Slash pity. But Felicity takes a lot of the criticism 
for this kiss in particular from Elena, which to me doesn't seem particularly fair. I mean, she does get credit for it from Megan, but who's there talking about Noel? Elena comes out. She's a very straightforward person. She says it herself. She really thinks that this fridge is has been unjustly allocated and she is confrontational about it. She says she, uh, sexual conspiracy or Felicity calls it that, I can't remember, in, in Elena's words. But she says, Felicity says, you think I'm dating Noel to get an appliance? And Elena says, I think you're dating Noel and getting an appliance. <laughs> like, that is so great. This is Elena, everybody. <laughs> it is. And I do remember her. I mean, this is her. And she always looks very put together, very serious. And, and she is very straightforward and honest. I don't remember if we get into a lot about race in this show. My guess is that we don't because it wasn't as something that was talked about as much as it is today. Elena does make some comments about it, but you know, it is something that I have noticed from my friends where being straightforward and direct and considering that style of uh, conversation to be equivalent with honesty was something that I noticed was a big difference between my white friends and my African-American friends. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Elena in a lot of ways does embody both the female perspective and she has to take on a lot around race because she's the one character of another race at this point. There's a lot of TV in the 90s that is just a cast full of white people and there's mm -hmm. no discussion. So I'm going to be really interested to see what she has to say throughout and how, how she is throughout the rest of the seasons. I think it might be a little while before we get that kind of material, but I want to say maybe junior year, we're going to see her have some conversations with another character that might revolve around that. And Elena will have some love and a variety of love interests in this show. And I think there is a little bit of conversation around that as well. So watch this space. It's going to be a little while though, but I do like that in this episode, there was an interaction between Elena and Megan, because I see them both as really important potential influences on Felicity in their directness. And to see them have a conversation with each other was so fun for me. You kind of figure it's either going to be a big explosion or they're just going to be very matter of fact with each other and then walk away, which is, the, it's the latter that happened. But Megan drops some knowledge. Elena receives some knowledge. <laughs> and Elena basically, you know, wages holy hell on Felicity. Is it cold inside, deep down, your new fridge you just happened to get? <laughs> she asks Felicity. So I love it. But I, I like that Felicity has these two people in her life in some capacity because she needs a dose of this. And I think it'll influence her style with people, not change her style, but just be that little note that she adds in that could potentially help her. Yeah. I like both of them, you know, as. Potential influences, hopefully friends for Felicity moving forward. But it just still kind of bugs me a bit that, you know, what Megan said was Felicity's having a, I mean, she didn't say illicit affair. She said but forbidden. 
forbidden. Yes. So clearly RAs and students shouldn't be dating. And yet nobody is coming down on Noel about this. Mm -hmm. It is all directed at Felicity. So I feel a certain way about that. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. But I want to circle back just a second to, so Elena is her lab partner now, but I really enjoyed, and this was just a small moment, but when the teacher in this chemistry class says, everybody find a lab partner and Felicity is sitting next to another human who decides immediately not to partner up with Felicity. The woman next to her runs away. She just wants to be partners with anybody else. And Felicity looks across the room and she and Elena are the only ones still sitting down, not having already partnered up. And I thought that was interesting. It's like, well, I guess it's going to be us because we're the ones who are left. Yep. And, but I think that's for very different reasons. I am guessing that Felicity had not maybe reached out and been friends because it seems like other people have to initiate conversations with her Mm -hmm. and she is kind of awkward. So the other person who was sitting next to her may have had someone in the class that they've already started talking to. Uh Elena, on the other hand, I'm guessing is not the best loved person in class. Uh She's already seen as someone who may be a problem to partner with. Yeah, well, she basically interviews Felicity post being selected as her lab partner, and it doesn't go well. She's making sure that Felicity won't tank her grade. And I think that tells you a lot also about I think we've learned a lot from Elena in even just this one episode and the moments we saw her in the last episode where you can see that she's really academically focused. She's just focused in general. She seems to be a very determined person and she has high standards and darn it, Felicity better live up to them. Well, good luck to her. (laughs) I have just a couple other notes here. We've sort of referenced this, but I'm really enjoying the use of slow-mo. And how it's a technique that they're using to show you who is important to whom. It's been consistently used, I think, to this point. And so it's making sense to me as a device that they're using for that reason. And so you can really see that, yeah, I'm interacting with all these people. But when when it's sort of a slower moment, that's where my attention really is. And coupled with that in this episode, I saw almost a memento-like style of time jumping, they open with them playing Boggle and then they'll rewind and take the story up until that point. And this was something I don't think we've really done to this stage, but it was another way to storytell. It it was kind of cool to see it unfold for this episode. I agree. They did a very good job with, I think, both the shooting of the episode and what they decided to share when, creating a little bit of anticipation and I don't want to say mystery, but you're not going to get the full story all at once. And so it adds a level of kind of complexity to the different emotions as you're watching it. Yeah. And also in one of those uh, slower motion sequences with Ben running at the track, you know, when he's trying to get on, when he's trying out for the team, there's a beautiful song that's playing in the background that we heard again, you don't, you're not always, depending on where you're watching the show, you might hear a different soundtrack underpinning the show, but the version we were watching, there was a song called uh, the morning after by Dunder honey. And I thought that was so beautiful. It felt like slow and sweet and kind of sad. And that's basically where Ben's at. 
He's dealing with disappointment for the first time. Felicity is dealing with feeling disappointment for Ben. Noel is dealing with feeling disappointment for Felicity, feeling (laughs) disappointment for Ben. (laughs) There are a lot of levels. And so a song like that felt appropriate to me. And I also wanted to make one more comment about, I mean, hey, technology, you know, pay phones in restaurants. (laughs) Yep. That was also on my list. Felicity interrupts her maybe date to get some feedback from her friend, Julie, and she doesn't have a cell phone. We didn't have those. So she finds a payphone and she calls Julie from it. Oh, it's so great. Yep. And that's accurate. Mm-hmm. We did that. Payphones were there. You had change in your purse because you probably were going to call someone. Now you get the calls where someone checks in on you 15 minutes into the date and mm-hmm. You know, if it's not going well, it's like, oh, I have an emergency. You couldn't do that back then. Uh The person would actually have to call the restaurant and have someone come over to rescue you from your date. And you usually hadn't planned that far in advance. So these calls from people who were actually on the date were much more common than getting kind of a rescue call from a friend in the middle of it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that friends used to do, just so you guys know, so you would go on a date with someone and then your friends would all be sitting like over in the corner booth watching you. Uh So I get that that's a little creepy, but they were there for safety, you know, and they would get up and leave if it seemed like things were going well. And if they were not, then you had some people to sit with when you told your date, this is over. Uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh-huh. what we do for each other. They're so wise fish. I wasn't much of a dater in high school. So I have to say I'm learning just by hearing from you, but can't apply it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully somebody listening is getting this information at precisely the right time. With the invent of the the cell phone, I I feel like it's not necessary to stalk your friends on dates anymore. So yeah, things have changed, right? We have have more tools. We have more ways to communicate situations we're not comfortable with or danger for that matter yeah you can track your friends on there are apps and location tracking and stuff like that so if you see that they've crossed the border into mexico maybe you'd alert someone yeah now i note that you know you had your rant from a cynic and as per usual it was clothing related (laughs) (laughs) i am fascinated to see where that segment goes but uh, you know i thought about what was my note from an optimist today and i wanted to just mention when you put yourself in a new environment and your whole world has changed around you it does afford you a chance to tweak things about how you are and how you respond as a person or behaviors that you've had. And I've noticed this a lot in my own life as an adult when I've lived and worked in different countries. And every time I, I moved, it was like, oh, is there a part of myself I want to dial up or dial down here? And I can do that because everything around me is changing. So it's easier to make these changes. And so when I kind of look at what all these people are dealing with in this show, you know, I see them looking at how they're operating and starting to make some new choices in how they're handling things. And I like that. You can do it. You know, for as much as we say people don't change or can't change, it's hard. But when you put yourself in a spot where everything around you has changed, I do think it's possible to make choices about how do I want to shape my behavior differently, especially if you're around new people 
who are making you think differently about the world, it's even easier to start to make those adjustments. So I like that we're seeing that from so many characters in little ways here. And hopefully that just helps them grow as people. They're helping each other grow together just by having that little bit of influence and sharing what their version of normal looks like. And we'll see more and more of that as time goes on. But I saw a lot of it in this episode, which I thought was really fun. That's great. And Coming from someone who moved a lot when I was younger, I think some of those adapting skills or however you want to put it, they just, they do become easier and they are helpful when you're in new situations. So I went to eight different schools, including my high school. So being able to make new sets of friends and then leave and then go to a whole other side of a country or a different state that then helped me later when i went to places that were completely foreign to me like going to live in africa or you know pakistan or central asia or latin america you start to get this sense of you do need to hold back a bit at first and get the lay of the land and sort of figure out what the dynamic is But there are some general things like be respectful, be grateful, be friendly and open, but in a culturally appropriate way Mm -hmm. that do follow you around. And so I think given how, how much we touch each other's lives now from different countries, and there's so much information on the internet. So you learn certain things by doing, and if you want to do it the hard way, but there's a lot out there now uh, where I think we can, you know, educate ourselves before we step into some of these new situations and and places and do it in a, a respectful way. Yeah, so true. Well, I am curious to know, so we've got a segment, of course, that we all know and love, what Sally said, what Sally meant. And we got another tape from Sally at the end of this episode where she shared some wisdom or advice with Felicity. And Fish is here to tell us what she really, what she really meant to say. So are you ready, Fish? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Well, she says, dear Felicity. I know you're feeling a bit lost now. It's funny. Your crisis with Noel is how John and I got together. I've been where you are, lost, alone, and asking for directions. We met at a garage. I was getting my car smog checked, and he was getting some part for his motorcycle. Unfortunately... Or fortunately, everyone's map looks different. We became friends. Most of us are looking for the same place, a place only a few lucky people find. And a few months later, we were at dinner at a restaurant, and to my complete shock, John leaned across the table and kissed me. I've been one of those lucky people. I'm just saying, you know, you can't know who that person is. So let me share the little I can, hoping that you can pick up on my trail. The person who will become your ultimate confidant, your soulmate, or your lover. You can't find the destination by driving around with one or more of the wrong men. He may be someone you've had your eye on for years. But they may lead you to the right guy. Or he might be that guy standing next to you in torn jeans buying some part for his motorcycle. And once you're on the road with him, you may think it'll be easier to find your way, but it won't. Whoever it is, he starts off as a stranger. 
Let me share a little wisdom I've learned the hard way. So it could be anyone. There are no directions to where you're going because it doesn't exist yet. Since John, I think about that quite a bit. You have to build it. And if you're lucky, you'll have a lot of help. Wow. You know, Fish, that was sweet and cynical. We got to a different side. We got to do a different side of Sally today. Yeah. I mean, she was she was a wild girl in our last episode. She she was a spy yeah, or CIA she... agent or something in the first oh, one. No. That was witness protection. Witness protection. She was wait, I'm sorry, witness protection. I need to get my canon right here. And yes. and now she's just getting to the heart of the matter. She sees Felicity's hurting and she wants to be sweet. She wants to share the wisdom that she's gotten through her wild days uh-huh. and just uh, help another young girl out. Yeah, well, she's lived life and she's got some things to say. Mm-hmm. Pay it forward. Oh, wow. Well, we have some feedback to respond to here. We, you know, the after you listen to this tape, you have to erase it segment. We had a listener, Ponch, who listened back to our welcome episode where, Fish, you were talking all about the glass half full, the glass half empty. And then you basically obliterated that whole metaphor and poked a hole in everything. And Ponch poked yet another hole in that same metaphor. He says, if you really loved the friend you're offering water, why not offer a soda or other tasty beverage that may be in your vicinity? So, you know, we were talking about the glass half full or empty with a glass full of water, but gosh, how many different ways can we just massacre this <laughs> Well, for one, I don't have anything but water at my place. So if you want to come over, you get water. But second, I really don't think this changes my overall assessment of the situation, which is whether you're giving someone half a glass of water or half a glass of soda, it's the same concept. You give them a full glass. If someone gave me a full glass of water, versus another person who gave me half a glass of soda, I am not feeling totally confident in the half glass person. Uh-huh. What, what is wrong with the soda? Why only half a glass? Why not the can? I don't know where this has been. Even on airlines, they show you the can and it may be a tiny glass and you only get half a can, but you get the full glass. If you're giving me less than jet blue. You are not my friend. Okay. I see what you're saying. So even if it's a friend that's checking after your safety, like I tasted it first just to make sure it wasn't poisoned and it's fine. So you're good to go. So what if it's a protective measure is what I'm saying. When was the last time that you taste tested some soda for a friend to make sure it wasn't poisoned out of the can? Yesterday. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, this is not a thing. The only I, reason I've that your friend would think that but is because they might poison it. Listen, no, listeners, only people who poison think about it. Listeners, have you ever checked your friend's drink for poison? No, the answer is no. Uh, well, we want to hear from you. <laughs> Please write back to Melissa. And let her know that the answer is no, you don't do this for your friends. This is not appropriate friend behavior and maybe bordering on either a Noel or Felicity creepy moment. It could be, but I'm not here to judge you if you are a person who understands the scenario that I threw out there. So 
I accept you as you are. Please feel free to write to us if you've ever checked your friend's drink for poison or really with any other feedback or questions. You can write to us at themelissafish at gmail.com. It's Melissa with one L, two S's, themelissafish at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you on the poisoning your friends versus not. Po- well, actually, no, this isn't about poisoning your friends. <laughs> Hold on. What have I done? There you go. So this Mm -hmm. is not about poisoning your friends. It's about checking to make sure they weren't poisoned. Very big difference. This is an act of love. This is recorded. Yeah. I I want everyone to remember who (laughs) brought this up. Yeah. You need to watch your backfish is all I'm saying. (laughs) Yep. I think I need to abort this mission. So how about I just give you my rating for this episode? Because I would love to tell you what I thought about the episode overall. As you know, I rate it in a different metric each time. So this time I'm going to rate it in tubs of I can't believe it's not butter. Oh, Fabio. Is that Amazing. product still available? I think it is. I Fabio, I don't think reps them anymore. Probably though. not Fabio anymore, but Okay. So potentially you could still go out and buy tubs of I can't believe it's not butter, which I will do to rate this episode. I'm giving this one and watch yourself your fish. I'm giving it an 8.7 tubs of I can't believe it's not butter. I've gone off of integers. I've even got off of the 0.5. I'm going 0.7 for this one, 8.7 tubs. All right. We're going to have a different rating system for this one. You know, don't like giving spoilers if we can help it. But I do remember some stuff that links back to this episode. And, you know, we can talk about it more when that stuff happens. But I definitely had some very strong feelings mm-hmm. about this episode. And I also had some issues with the fashion choices and the way that the men were dressed and how we're supposed to feel about them and the way that Felicity dresses with yet more ugly sweaters. And just the portrayal of the gender roles in this episode. So I am going to say this was not my favorite episode. And I am going to give it a 6.5. 6.5 gloves out of 10. This was, this was not a great one for me. Okay, I see what you're saying. And I will also point out, you know, I was rating this one only based on rating this episode, but I understand that we're embarking on a storyline that isn't so fun. So if you've seen the show, this episode may immediately make you think of that stuff. But just taking this episode as one episode of television, that's where my 8.7 comes from. Yeah, I rate more on how I feel about it. And because I I usually don't remember much, but yeah, this one did not make me feel great as like a human. So, well, we had a, this is probably our biggest spread between our, between our ratings and that's okay. That's why we have both of us had different opinions on various aspects of this episode. We almost conflicted on every single thing we said. Just about. Yeah. And uh, that's what you get from us. That is the funny thing. Listeners, you don't know this, but when we talk, somehow we love the same shows and have completely different reasons why we like them and are opposite on the things we hate. (laughs) So I'm not, I'm really not sure how we end up liking the same shows because we're like, oh yeah, I love this show. I love this part and this part and this part. And then you're like, those were the worst parts. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That is accurate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Folks, we, like I said, we would love to hear from you. I get your feedback on this show. There's a lot to talk about in this episode, stuff you might have loved, stuff you didn't love, your thoughts about fashion. You know, we want to hear all of it. And also whether you- Yep, I'd love to hear how you all felt about that kiss with Noel. I mean, oh. are we thinking hot and steamy or are we feeling he was trying to eat her face? I want to know that too. Where do people stand with that? Because I can't see these kisses and not feel like, ah, is this a hamburger or her lips? <laughs> like, I don't know. But Fish obviously had a very different reaction. So am I off base here, guys? You tell us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm curious. Write us at themelissafish at gmail.com with any of those thoughts. Also, by the way, let us know if you're okay with tasting liquids before you give them to your friends to make sure they're not poisoned. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can do that at Felicity Podcast. Also, if you want to know when these episodes drop and not have to look for them, we have a newsletter where we send out information as soon as the podcast is available. So you can find out how to sign up for that if you just go to the show notes. And next week, we'll be ready with Spooked. That is the next Felicity episode coming up, which sounds like a fun one. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love Halloween episodes. And this sounds like going to be a Halloween episode. That is a really good guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is yeah. accurate. I can, spoiler alert, it is a Halloween episode. <laughs> so darn, I was yep. so careful not to spoil things up until I now. mean, for those of you who that just ruined everything to know it's a Halloween episode entitled Spoon. I, I apologize. Yeah, that's your, that's your bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We still love you. Um, it's fine. But Fish, did you have anything else you wanted to remark on here as we wrap up? Nope. I think I've, I think I've gotten it all out of my system. Okay. Hopefully that's the case. Uh, but if not, who knows, maybe we'll tag a little bit into the next episode. We'll see. But that, I guess that's everything for us this time. Until next time, fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye everyone. <laughs>